Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for The Sandman. Your waking world is shaped by dreams. Hello, I'm J-Law, but you can call me Justin, and this is our spoiler-free review for The Sandman, which hits the streaming platform as of today, August 5th. Special thanks, as always, to our friends at Netflix Canada for giving us the opportunity to see this series early for review. If you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me for today's review, he is a walking dream or a nightmare, depending on who you ask, Mr. Nate Shelton. How are you? <laughs> wow. Um, I don't like sand. Uh, it's coarse. It's rough. It's irritating, uh, and it gets everywhere. Bro, wrong, wrong franchise. Wrong oh, franchise. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> you brought up sand. I just, I, I got sand on the brain. I got a sandy brain. Uh, I like to think I'm more of a dream everywhere I go. I don't. Yes. I, <laughs> yeah. Maybe to some people. Maybe to some people. I'm a nightmare. Well, that's why I left it open ended. Dream nightmare. Yeah. You never know. Um, well, I'm excited to talk to you <laughs> about this series, uh, which is on Netflix as of today. Um, but before we get into what the show's about and all the details, uh, I'd love to know what what is uh, what is your experience with the Sandman? Because obviously this is coming from uh, a very popular comic series, uh, but even before that, it was a a folklore story that was very mm -hmm. much uh, part of you know fantasy stories and, and whatnot. And Neil Gaiman, who ended up taking this story and adapting it for the comics, uh, seventy five part comic book series. Uh, yeah, with wow. DC Comics. So it has an extensive history, uh, which is why the series, I guess, is is made. But did you, have you read anything about Sandman prior to watching this series? Uh, you know, I, I really haven't. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting. I have like a distinct memory in my mind of standing in a chapters. You know how we all, we've all stood in a chapters before just looking to spend money because you're surrounded by so many wonderful things. Um, but I just remember, you know, going through the graphic novel section and I, I the cover, just the cover of the omnibus for for the artwork that is, is uh, done through the Sandman uh, comic books. I remember that distinctly, and I remember always being drawn to it, always being like, I got to pick that up. I got to check that out. I've heard so many great things, and I never got around to it. I never did, um, but I do know that it is very much loved, but no, I, I never... Uh I never, I never went beyond the the cover. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, likewise, I actually have not read the comic book series as well, um, yeah. but I am aware of the importance that that Sandman has into pop culture, into the comic book world. Uh, I know Neil Gaiman's series was was well received, and people have loved it and have, you know, garnered it as as like a must read series of comics. So I'm happy that uh, we got a first look at this series uh, that definitely does uh its due diligence at exploring the the world of the sandman um let's get our listeners up to speed first before we get into all of this uh, as the synopsis reads there is another world that waits for all of us when we close our eyes and sleep a place called the dreaming where the sandman master of dreams played by Tom Sturridge, gives shape to all of our deepest fears and fantasies. But when Dream is unexpectedly captured and held prisoner for a century, his absence sets off a series of events that will change both the dreaming and the waking worlds forever. 
To restore order, Dream must journey across different worlds and timelines to mend the mistakes he's made during his vast existence. Revisiting old friends and foes and meeting new entities, both cosmic and human, along the way. Based on the beloved award-winning DC comic series written by Neil Gaiman, The Sandman is a rich, character-driven blend of myth and dark fantasy woven together over the course of a ten epic over ten epic chapters following Dream's many adventures. Developed and executive produced by Gaiman and showrunner Alan Heinberg and David S. Goyer. And apart from Tom, Tom Sturridge playing Dream, this series has a stacked cast. Nate, why don't you uh, get our listeners up to date with who, who's, who's starring in this series? You're giving me the tough job here. Okay, we got, uh, apologies <laughs> if I mispronounce any of these. We've got Boyd Holbrook, uh, Patton Oswalt, Vivian Achimpong, uh, Gwendolyn Christie, Charles Dance, Jenna Coleman, David Thewlis, Stephen Fry, Kirby Howell Baptiste, Mason Alexander Park, Donna Preston, Vanessa Semyon Semanyai. Uh, we've got John Cameron Mitchell, uh, Asim Chowdhury, Sanjeev Baskar, Jolie Richardson, Naeem Walsh, Sandra James Young, and Razane Jamal. You know the one person that they forgot in this cast because this is official from from the the press media press kit. Mark Hamill's also in this, and he voices. There a you go. So I knew sand so. made it in here somehow. <laughs> I knew we got some sand <laughs> from that universe in this universe. Okay, cool. All right. Well, uh, with that all out of the way, let's let's get into talking about uh, this series, and let's let's talk about the story. Um, let's talk about wh- what we got here because it's obviously again, as we were mentioning, this is a very expansive world that means a lot to to a lot of people who love the comic book so to see it explored in the visual medium has has been long overdue um and i'm just wondering if there could have been another way to approach it because i think from a pacing standpoint this series feels like it's you know it's 10 episodes but within those 10 episodes they feel very um broken up so the first episode mm-hmm. feels very much like an origin story whereas two three and four seem like their own set of three episodes and five and six are kind of like these sort of s- side stories if you will yeah capsule and then we come episodes. back yeah yeah capsule episodes and then we come back uh for the remaining four episodes and there we get the sort of final act and this is a really interesting approach with with how they've they've kind of devised these ten chapters. I just I don't I think there's a lack of connectivity though throughout. I really enjoyed those those capsule episodes though. I think Dude. those those smaller, more focused episodes really stand out over top of these large scale scope episodes that are trying to build the world and build the lore. Um, I think it gets too big. Uh, because I think it's trying to fast track stuff. Like it, it feels like things are, they're trying to move things forward so that the audience can understand and, you know, appreciate where the story is inevitably going. But I think, again, as we always talk about, pacing seems to be very prevalent throughout these episodes as being an, a bit of an issue. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, chapter five and chapter six of this show was kind of, as soon as we got to those episodes, I remember I, we were talking about it, Justin, as I was going through it, and I'm like, I really am not feeling this show during the first four episodes. And as soon as five hit, I was like, wait, what is this? And then six happens, and I'm like, what is this? Like in chapter five, it's it's you know I, we won't spoil too much, but it's centered around like um, a, 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 a diner. It's in it's in one location, 
they they do really cool stuff where like throughout the episode the lighting just changes to effectively change the overall mood of the characters on the screen and like and then you know chapter six we get to again as we as we said we get to see uh death's story and and learn a little bit about her and then we also get this really interesting thing of like a character that uh the sandman gets to visit throughout the 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 you know centuries uh and it's it's just one of those things where both of those episodes had a beginning a middle and an end and i feel like if this show did more of that it would have worked a lot better, at least for myself. Um, and again, I'm, I'm wondering if that's just because I'm not a big Sandman fan. I was so much more intrigued by these these side stories. And also the fact that like Eric Kripke was originally attached to to do this series, to write the series. And I think that would have been perfect because, I, you know what, say what you will about a, a lot of the different seasons of Supernatural and, and how that show has gone on maybe way too long um, but or ran for too long. It's, it's ended now. But I will say, with Supernatural, some of the best episodes of Supernatural were those capsule episodes, were those episodes where they just focused on uh, a small story to tell, and then sometimes those characters would pop up in future future episodes or future arcs. But I um, I don't know. It, just, it was just really weird for me getting to episode five and six, um, and for especially episode five being probably my favorite of the season, and our main character's really not even in it. You know, and, and and that's just one of those things where I did feel that disconnect. So coming back to that character for the for the last four episode arc, I was really happy that we we did get you know kind of a, a focus on Rose Walker in those four episodes because I you know I was more interested in her than I was with Dream. So again, it's just one of those things where I'm not I'm not maybe I'm just not used to that method of storytelling of sort of having our main character sort of not be as interesting so that we can, he can be that vessel uh, for the audience. But I don't know. Well, especially, I, again, especially when the show's called the Sandman, you think that right. it's very much going to be focused on, on him and yeah. rightfully so it, there, there are aspects that focus on him and his importance to this world, but mm-hmm. I, I'm totally with you. I feel like the supporting cast definitely do shine in this series and actually help build out um, the world a little bit more uh, than I think Sandman does in, in some instances. But speaking of the world, do you want to talk about what, what we saw and, and the visual effects yeah. of, of what it is? Because I feel like there are pluses to some of it, but there are definitely some overt, like, that's a green screen. This feels very uh, non-authentic, if you will. <laughs> sure. Well, when when I'm, t- you know, when I say that I was captivated by the different covers of the different uh, comic books for the Sandman or the omnibus covers like I these are these are drawings and and sometimes they were done with like rough sketchy lines and things like that and so that totally works um I, I, I it's it's tricky when you get into a show and immediately like immediately you notice a green screen or a blue screen and granted um I think the episodes we got said that they might have been unfinished but I, I kind of checked out um, we're recording this the the show is out now um, and we're recording this and and I checked it out on Netflix and it still looks pretty much the same um, where basically the the creativity of the world everything that came from Neil Gaiman's brain totally absolutely phenomenal like it's so creative it's so interesting the execution is where it really faltered and i know don't get me wrong this show has been taken forever to get to screen 
right? And so Sandman fans are just appreciative at this point to just have it on screen, whether or not it looks a little bit like like CGI from the early 2000s. Um, but it's just one of those things where, and I get it, It's maybe it's like a made-for-TV style budget. I'm not sure the budget on this, but, but I, di- I did find that a lot of the times where I was intrigued by the characters and the character design and the world design, any of the CG characters, the moment they were on screen, you know, Mark Hamill's uh, pumpkin had pulled me out of it, right? Seeing, um, you know, I think I, I think Mervin, yeah, it pulled me out of it. Or, or there's like a dragon at one point that I, I saw or whatever it was. And it pulls you out of, again, you're looking at this and you want to be invested and brought into this world and, and entranced by it. It's just hard to do that when the CG is so rough. Uh, and, and again, that's I'm, I'm not saying it's easy to do, um, but... I, I I think the only CG character that really worked for me was Matthew the Raven. I think Patton Oswalt uh, did a great job at actually bringing some levity to the series because again the way that the way that uh, Dream is written doesn't do it at all. <laughs> so so to have Patton Oswalt and and kind of be that that for him, um, I thought he was. I thought the Crow was uh, animated or the Raven was animated really well. Actually, I thought I think it was I a puppet. The way that they did. It. I think it was a, was puppet, it a puppet at times. Okay. Yeah, because you could you could kind of tell at certain points that it was definitely a puppet, and then at, at other points you could tell that it was probably a little bit more uh, CGI'd. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think that even to. Uh, inject a little bit of practicality would have gone a long way. Um, you know, again, y- you'll see some uh, amazing scale of, of the, the kingdom of, from Dream, and it is very captivating, but it, it does feel very artificial. It just doesn't feel, you know, tactile and, and, and um, you know, very much a, a real space. It, it does feel like it is very much a, a dream. I don't know if that's what they were going for, but, right. you know, I feel like it, it, it should have felt a little bit more like, a lived-in world that felt very of its of its maker but a dream i wake up from dreams when i realize i'm in a dream you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that's that's a big thing it's like i'm in a dream i'm dreaming i'm wake i wake up so so that's that's kind of how i felt like with a lot of these visuals like it woke me up <laughs> and i don't want to be there i want to be in the world of the dreaming um i want to i want to see these characters uh and i'm i again i don't know you got to imagine covid um, probably put a big strain on these different visual effects artists. We are hearing so much in the news about different visual effects uh, houses and, and, and companies throughout Hollywood being who are stretched. Yeah. being stretched and crunched and everything going on with like Marvel and what have you. And so, you know, I, I, I can only imagine some of the crazy stuff that, that might have happened to elicit this. Um, but it is something as a viewer that that still stood out to me, unfortunately, uh, for the worst. I also really enjoyed the uh, the level of uh, gore that was kind of featured throughout. Like yeah. there was there were some kind of like some gross stuff, and and it's funny I didn't know that uh, Kripke was att- was attached to to do this this series, mm-hmm. but you can imagine obviously with the experience of boys how much bolder it would have gone. And at times, yeah. like there's there's certain moments again that the, that they do lean into the gore, which felt. Uh, not necessarily unusual for Netflix, but it definitely felt uh, a little bit more mature than other stuff that we've gotten from Netflix. Like it totally. definitely does speak to a more mature audience. That being said, I do feel like they could have pushed it even more, mm. and 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 really, really made this this series stand out as being like their own boys series. But maybe that was kind of what made them pull it back. They they want to at least interject a little bit of that terror and that horror. 
but not necessarily go full tilt like the boys, which just sometimes can be an exploding penis. So you know, right. that's that's just <laughs> yeah. what it is. <laughs> no, ex- no exploding penises. Um, but I think I think even even in the sense of like um, you're talking about the maturity level and the way that they go dark. I think they are gonna if you, in some of these episodes there's stuff on the screen that I've I've never seen on TV before, and I think mm-hmm. I think they they and it's and part of that has to do probably with Neil Gaiman's creative writing that they're bringing in and and storytelling uh, and ideas but at the same time like those moments are what really uh got me to want a season two Mm, for sure um okay well let's get into talking about our cast and and let's kick things off talking about our our main character tom sturridge as as dream um he was so like he he nailed they nailed the look for him I found like mm-hmm. they really did nail the look. I think it was really up to him to obviously define the character um, and sort of have this. Uh, how would you describe his voice, Nate? Yeah, he's he's very monotone, very stoic. Monotone, um, yes, stoic. right. There's um, good words. And I, I think you know, you think about it, right? He's the he's the guy of dreams, but at times there were moments with his performance and and moments with some of his dialogue that I was like, yeah, I could probably start dreaming right now. If you keep talking, how slowly (laughs) you're talking. And I get it. I get that that's part of the character. Again, I know for a lot of folks who are listening to this, there's going to be, um, you know, we might have some thoughts that might not necessarily fit with, with yours. If you are a huge fan of the Sandman comics, I think there are definitely going to be aspects to, uh, these this cast and these performances and the story that are going to kind of go over maybe our heads as we haven't read it before. But um, sure. I, 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 yeah, I didn't think like I didn't find like I think Tom Sturridge was fine. Um, I wasn't as intrigued by his character as I was a lot of the other uh, characters. I think mm-hmm. Kirby Howell Baptiste as death is one that I want to call out as fantastic. Just such yeah. a beautiful the way that she carries herself, the way that she's she she portrays that character, and the way that that character is written, um, is absolutely gorgeous. And uh, and and I also wanted to. I think you and I were were talking quite a bit about um, you know as soon as we saw her, um, Vanessa uh, Semenyai, um, who's kind of in the the later part of this this season. Um, I thought she was she was a fantastic choice, and I thought she gave a really excellent performance for for some of the some of the dialogue she was she was given um and i think i think you can say that about a lot of this cast i think there's there's a lot of really memorable characters uh that came in and uh and i i kind of will say um and i i don't know again how much this has to do with tom sturridge's performances dream or just the way he was written I just I found I was so much more interested in all these other characters than I was Side Dream characters. himself, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he I, I think because he played the the role very, as you said, stoic and monotone, that made it hard for us to connect with his character. Whereas all of these outstanding supporting characters who played their roles so authentically it was easier to connect with them and really wanted to see their stories unfold such as our antagonist that is is played by uh boyd holbrook uh the corinthian he was outstanding he was so confident in his demeanor and in his approach and understanding his motives was very easy based on how he presented himself. You know, you, you mentioned, you know, a lot of these characters pop in. There are some characters that just pop in uh, for an episode and that's that's very much it. So, you know, to to 
to look at some of this cast and think that they're they might be uh, very integral to the story uh, just take that with a grain of salt i think that there's a lot of world building uh, as as we we we've discussed that will very much hint at where they can go next yeah i think like uh like jenna coleman for instance, uh, plays Johanna Constantine, who's like a really fresh take on the John Constantine character, and I guess that's that's pulled directly from the book, I think. Um, and I, I guess the the again the the biggest aspect to this is thinking about this series and thinking about these characters, and and how many how how uh, big the comic book is. I'm almost wondering if that was something that was directly adapted from the comic book. Was this idea of Dream is going to be the the reader's sort of vessel to to be brought into this world? So let's make let's not make him as as interesting, I guess, um, so that all these other characters and the 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 parts of the different areas of this world will you know those are the areas that we want to focus on more. I just felt like this season didn't didn't do that enough or, or was kind of wavering between wanting to really be focused on dream and then at times bring in these other characters where I think if it had a stuck to one idea or the other, right? I think we were talking mm-hmm. about the fact that like from a story standpoint, it felt like they sort of split this season up into three separate sort of approaches to how to do the Sandman show. Uh, and I, I felt like that kind of didn't fully work for me from a from a pacing perspective and from a perspective of like just a balance throughout the season. I, I also wanted to just kind of jump in regarding like the writing of the show, I think, like from a dialogue standpoint. I think there are moments where they're not saying anything at all. And it's some of the most beautiful, you know, it's, it's some of the most beautiful sequence, I think, with like especially around the character of death that I've ever seen in a show. Right. Like it's absolutely gorgeous. And the way that they do it is is fantastic. But then there's other moments where, and again, I get it. Dream is written in the comic books, I'm sure. Again, I haven't read them, but I can imagine that he's written to be overtly poetic, right? The the world that they're dealing with, the scale of, of, of the concepts that they're trying to somewhat humanize um, through these characters, I think it's just when you get your main character that we're following, and I'm just sort of bored if he talks for more than a minute I'm not captive I wasn't captivated as much as I thought that I should be um I don't know I felt like there there the dialogue was was very uh hit or miss for me um throughout the, the entirety of the season as well yeah I, and I think that again that goes back to what this these these 10 chapters are are meant to do uh in terms of of setting up I guess again a larger universe that will have audiences wanting to come back and and see more stories told uh because of course you know this is the first season Netflix's track record we don't know what the future holds for the salmon but you have to imagine with the investment that they've put into this that they would at least want to get two seasons out um and and see and and I think most most people are really going to enjoy this. And maybe to the point of what you were saying, for both of us being that we haven't read the comics or feel overly connected to it, maybe that's part of the reason why there's a little bit of a, a disconnect for us. Uh, but that being said, I think it's I think this is perfect time for us to, to get into our, our wrap-up and our final thoughts, uh, which we'll be rating on a scale of one to five rubies. Why don't you kick things off there, Nate? Yeah, absolutely. Again, I think this sort of felt, as I was saying, like three different takes 
on on what the show could be in one season. I think the origin story and and what follows as a result in the first four episodes, and then we get the great capsule episodes in the middle, and then the final arc of the season. It felt like a more modern approach of what you'd expect from like almost like a reboot in 2022 of the Sandman right where where you know you've got the younger character coming in to sort of you know lead forward in in this story um and and overall I just think the show is at its strongest when it does focus on the more creative world around Dream rather than Dream himself I think having um with us having access to you know as we've We've been told unversion, unfinished versions of these episodes. I mean, I, I think overall the show is at its strongest when its focus is on the more creative world around Dream and the characters around Dream rather than Dream himself. Uh, again, with the CG sort of taking it, taking me out of the dreaming uh, as much as I wanted to be there, um, I felt like that just unfortunately outside of Matthew the Crow, it just nothing was really that well animated or, or done. Uh, and overall, I think this show could benefit from more episodes. I know it sounds crazy because in a streaming world where we're like, we're starting to get used to like, oh, six episode run. Okay, great. Fine. It's eight episode run. Awesome. Cool. I think we're maybe starting to get back to like, this felt like it should have been old TV. Like it felt like it should have been like an 18, even a 23 episode run. And I, again, I know that's <laughs> a little more difficult to do these days, but I, I I would rather keep the CG the quality it is and get more of these unique episodes, these unique stories, these capsule episodes uh, throughout the season rather than than just sort of two of them and then they're and then they go back to the the traditional story arc uh, storyline. So yeah, I, I do think that again, like a show called The Sandman, maybe if it was called The Dreaming, or something along those lines, and it did focus on all of these characters, including the Sandman, maybe that would give you know us a little bit more time to breathe with that character and actually see a bit more uh, character growth for him. Um, but I think you know going going into the show up until episode five, I was at a two point five. I'm not gonna lie. I was bored, I was sleepy, I was falling asleep, ready to dream. Uh, and then as soon as we got to those middle episodes and then even the final arc, it brought me up to um, a solid, th- almost a four, but I'm at a 3.5 out of five rubies. There you go. Awesome. Sorry, I was a little sandy on that one. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, though, there's a lot there that I agree with in that. I feel like the pacing and the the, the way that the 10 episodes were looked at was very unique, um, mm-hmm. but I also think that it, it hindered on the experience. I feel like given the importance that Sandman has in, in, in the pop culture comic world and, and, and the folklore, it, it is great that we we are finally getting to see uh, a, the visualization of the story told and, and obviously on a, on a huge scale. But I think the series is far more interested in building the universe uh, uh, and the stories that are, are, are going to be told rather than the characters that are in it, m- very much like we were talking about, like how... Uh, the Sandman doesn't really feel as integral. Like we see his importance, but it's very mm-hmm. much the other characters that that we were obviously far more interested in, like the Corinthian, like like um, Stephen Fry's uh, Gilbert, uh, like Rose. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like these were all fantastic uh, characters uh, that were that were featured throughout throughout this series that that were standouts. I don't agree, though, that we needed more episodes. I just think that these 10 episodes and the way they looked at it could have mm-hmm. been handled better. And I mm-hmm. think, again, it's really serving as a stepping stone uh, for what I think could have been explored in further seasons. I think a lot happens 
in this these first 10 episodes that again shows that they're really trying to overachieve but the smaller episodes those capsule episodes chapter 5 and chapter 6 those were the highlights for me these these yeah. very focused uh almost if you could say character esque style episodes really stood out to me as as being the highlight first episode um, is is an like we said an origin story that explores an entire century in one episode yeah. yeah right and I think that that's just a lot to do now granted it sets the groundwork for for what needs to happen but we could have spent a little bit more time with the people in that century to maybe have some sort of connection because as as much as we're talking about Rose and and Gilbert in 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 the first episode there's some characters that have some emotional development but we really don't get to feel that we don't get to spend time with that so right. it just feels like it's it's very much just a setup purpose mm-hmm. again i think this this series uh is is a good jumping off point uh and i hope that they can come back in a season two that feels a little bit more refined and focused mm-hmm. and less less concerned about trying to establish everything else around it because i get it like you're looking at the things that that marvel are doing and and even dc and just the idea of universe building properties and sandman has has that strength to do that so this first season really does need to set that bar i just feel like again character story were a little bit sacrificed in in the hopes of building a world that audiences would want to come back and I, i just don't know like Again, I think some fans that really love Sandman are going to enjoy this, but maybe for myself, because I'm not necessarily as connected to the original source material, uh, I'm also going to be giving this a 3.5 out of 5 rubies. Yeah, I think if you you can get past the first uh, four episodes and then watch these capsule episodes, you're going to see you're going to see stuff that you haven't seen on TV before. And I think that just speaks to the creativity of these writers and of Neil Gaiman uh, in particular. Like you said, if you're a fan of The Sandman, you're going to watch this. You're probably going to really dig it. Um, if you're not, I think give it a chance. Go get get through, get through chance, some yeah. of the slower parts. Get through some of those yeah. visuals um, and, and get to these episodes that we're talking about because I think they might change your mind around. And yeah, I am. I Again, I really do hope that Netflix doesn't pull a Netflix and cancel this show. I think I think it's uh I hope it does well enough that we we do get to see these characters in this world uh again uh and maybe uh flesh them out even more uh with 10 more episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I definitely give this a shot because you know again, if if you can work past those those first four even three episodes, you'll enjoy it. Cool. Well, that is it. We hope you enjoyed this spoiler-free review for The Sandman. And if you did, feel free to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to write into the show and let us know your thoughts of this series, um, well, you can reach out to us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if that feels like a living nightmare, well, you can reach out to us on Twitter at GeekcentricYT or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other great episodes covering the latest movies and TV shows out now. And a lot of these episodes that we dropped this week, we dropped our spoiler-free review for Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie, which is on Netflix as of today, August 5th. 
We also dropped our spoiler-free review for the Apple original film and Skydance animation film, Luck, uh, which is also uh, it's out now on Apple TV+. Um, and we also dropped our spoiler-free review for the Hulu original film uh, from 20th Century Studios called Prey, which uh, is available on Hulu. And if you're in Canada, it's available on Disney Plus as of today. So a lot of content coming out today. Uh, and we have all reviews spoiler free to help you set up before you uh, sit down and enjoy any of those uh, also this week we dropped our weekly episode of this week in geek which we drop every wednesday where we bring you the latest news and trailer reactions uh this past week kev nate and darcy discuss and or being delayed yet again but we also they also shared their excitement in and around uh, the series finally hitting disney plus in september uh plus they uh, also had a first look at uh the spirit halloween movie uh which <laughs> is uh inbound for Halloween season in October. So uh, go give those episodes a listen and a five-star review if you don't mind. Nate, thank you so much for joining me for this dream walk of a review. I don't know. Uh. It might have been a bit of a nightmare, but who knows? <laughs> Anyways, until next time, as we say. Love ya. Peace. Peace.